Good day, good day. Welcome to another episode of Ama Gents Podcast. I'm your host, Captain P, with my fellow brothers here, Tinas and Joe. Welcome to another episode, another week in this month of December. The year is almost over. <laughs> A couple of weeks away from Christmas, 13 days from Christmas. Are you guys getting ready all your Christmas presents, the Christmas celebrations, the Christmas chicken? Christmas coleslaw from back home, the rice, or whatever you have, your turkey or prawns. You, know, you, you just had to put in the coleslaw. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're here for a couple of more weeks too before Christmas. But let, let's get into it. Let's get started. You know the drill. We always have fun, have some information, informative discussions. Joe, Tinas, how's it been everything the last couple of weeks? Oh, I've been busy, man, doing some Christmas shopping. No, it's yeah. A lot of busy, uh, busy. marmalade jam and, uh, <laughs> <you know, laughs> and butter. <laughs> Lots of marmalade jam and butter. As yeah. they say, you know, that's the tradition. You start with your bread in the morning, your tea, and you move into the chicken and rice. It's a yeah. day of eating. So for the next two weeks, if you want to do lots of intermittent fasting, start it now so that you leave space for hectic feasting on Christmas Day. Don't don't forget the the fat cook or amagunya. Uh, amagunya <laughs> and the fat cook. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's delve into our usual topics. You know how we roll here. We always like to talk about a few things in terms of sports, news, and what's happening. So obviously we'll start with the world's famous league, which is the Premier League. There's my man at the bottom there, Joe. He's got a big smile. Uh, Liverpool is now sitting at the top of the table. After Man United resoundingly beat uh, Tina's Chelsea, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we brought one of the worst performances ever. I remember sleeping at 3 a.m. talking to my mates on this other group chat, and everyone was just like, man, our team is bloody horrible. Yeah, I still have the same sentiments, bro. But uh, I think at this point, we're even worse. <laughs> yeah, I think the teams, both Chelsea and uh, Liverpool and Man U, yeah, they really need something extraordinary to come out of the slump. Surprisingly, with Man U, even with bad results, we're actually sitting sixth, which is shocking everyone. <laughs> six, six points behind Man City, 10 points behind Liverpool at the top of the league. So you never know if things shape up, if we can go on a good run of games. You never know, we can creep into the top four. The surprise package of everyone, I believe, is Aston Villa, sitting at number three, beating both Arsenal and Man City in the same week. Have you guys watched some of the highlights of Aston Villa, which is the surprise package? I didn't get a chance to watch that, but it uh, shows that they are pulling their weight yep. in the top five there. The top five, I think them and Liverpool in the last five games, they've got the best form, unbeaten in five games, both them and Liverpool. One four, drew one. The next team in form would be, of course, uh, surprisingly, Man United, three wins out of five. And then, of, and then Arsenal as well, four wins out of five. So there's a few teams which are surprising. I don't think Man City will win. I think after winning the treble last season, it's pretty hard to motivate yourself after winning everything to to come back again. But you never know with Man City, they can go on a 15-game winning streak like they did the last few seasons. They always come back after Christmas strong and better. What are your thoughts on the current Man City crisis? 
I think players are quite demotivated, I think, because of the saga, including the the groups, uh, you know, those penalties, those uh, uh, fines. Uh, have they gone through or is just still... Uh, the potential the charges which are there, their potential charges which may affect a, a few things in their, in their near future. But I think what you're talking about, demotivation, comes back to the point of them winning the treble you know, winning everything which was available. I think it's something which was historic and, you know, picking yourself up to do the same thing over again, you know, and winning the last four or five Premier Leagues, you know, it really takes re refreshing, changing the squad again. And I think they really didn't change over the squad like what you'd expect from a championship winning team, you know, trying to sell off a few of the older players. but We'll see how we go. We'll see if they resurrect themselves in January. Hopefully Chelsea will do that, sitting at 12th <laughs> after spending a billion, two what's billion. Ha- what's happening with Chelsea? I- is it still playing or they are just giving up? Oh, we'll leave that. <laughs> Look, man, I, I think I think what's happening here is, is, is a case of... Uh, the team still trying to gel itself. The coach trying to do things. I don't know how much the, the the management is in on the daily running of the team, but it just feels like something is not being done. It just feels like there's there's something missing, and we have we have not been able to address what's the the, the root cause of why we're missing. Because if you watch all, all almost all of the games, first thing that happens is we play good. And then we end up just fizzling out. Two, we create opportunities that are not being uh, converted. So it's very clear. If we can see that from a layman's eyes, from, from the layman layman's perspective, why can't they see that? Like it's 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 very clear. These are professionals, so it, there must be something that is blocking them being able to make moves that guarantee the win. Uh, I think uh, a few episodes ago, I once alluded to the fact that. Uh, if you're going to spend a billion dollars on players, why are you not willing to spend 200 million on a star player that will ensure you get the goals or at least even spend 250 million for two, three players that you know they're going to sit in midfield, that you know they're going to sit in, in the front and they'll guarantee you goals because already the team, the midfield is all right. The, 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 the defense is all right, but it's just the front element of it. The attacking midfielders, the people who score the goals that are just not, you know, bringing home the goals, and that's what we need. Are you, saying, are, you, are you saying Nico Jackson is not good enough? He is good enough, but he's not. He's not delivering. He's not delivering. And then at this point in time, we're at a point where we're going to analyze on what you're supposed to be doing and what you're actually doing. So if you are a striker and if you're not bringing in the goals, we're asking you, where are the goals? If you are an attacking, attacking midfielder and you're not present in the midfield uh, and you're not present in, in, in the scoring of goals, then what are you doing? Why are you getting that paycheck? These are the questions that we need to start asking. They let go of, um, what's this guy from AC Milan? Giroud. No, no, no. Inter Milan, sorry, what's his name? No, no, no it's AC Milan. Uh, this guy. Oh, oh. Lukaku. No, 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 no. This guy, they let go. They didn't want to renew his contract. I'm forgetting his name. Okay, uh, uh, those are the people I've known who've gone to Italy from Chelsea, this one. 
No, man. This 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 young guy, this Portuguese guy. Right. Anyway, yeah. they let him they let him go. They didn't want to renew his contract. But at least he had a spark in that attacking midfield position. He didn't get as much goals as we would have wanted him to get. But look, man, he had something that was going. And that element has been has been missing from, from day one. And uh, to be honest, at this point in this type of league, you need to place the right blocks where they are needed. If it's if it's a midfielder, we need a midfielder. We don't want someone who potentially plays midfield. We need a midfielder. If it's a striker, we need a top-notch striker. Who we know is going to score the goals, beyond doubt. And that's what Chelsea is missing. If they're okay with having a young squad that is going to deliver after two, three years, after gelling up, what have you, then that's okay. We shouldn't hear them saying, oh, we said, we said Pochettino, oh, we did this, we did this, because that's their game plan. But for us, the supporters, we're always there to, to ask for points, my guy. We need the points, my guy. <laughs> that was me a few weeks ago. Jeez, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He's gotten it off his chest. Oh, my God, man. We need people, bro. We need people to score. I didn't even message him last week when we beat him. It was just obvious we were going to beat them, and I was just so quiet. I was just like, "Why?" Yeah, I I, thought all the rage is coming from Man U slaughtering them. Oh, guys, when you see us quiet, dying inside, man. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, that's all good. That's all good. So, yeah, that's the Premier League season at the moment. Uh, Newcastle, I think Newcastle has gone through a bad spell, lost the last two games. I was laughing with some of the mates saying that their Champions League final was against Man United when they beat us at James and James's Park. They've lost two on the bounce. So we'll see how they go. They're sitting on seventh, a point behind Man U. Uh, but again, they, both these clubs need European football. To be in line with FFP, the fair finan- financial rules, which are there in football at the moment. Both these clubs do need European football, and they're both sitting out of European football. Moving on to La Liga, we've got the surprise package Girona. We briefly touched on Girona. They're sitting two points ahead of, uh, of Real Madrid, and they spanked Barcelona <laughs> resoundingly at home, beating Barcelona 4-2. Again, that's part of the City group, the Man City group, Sheikh Mansour's group. And they're doing well. They've bought well. They've got a young coach, tactical coach. And you can see that they are taking some, <laughs> some of Pep's ideas. I think Pep is the godfather of this whole Man City coaching, City group coaching tree now. And you can see that they're taking some of their footballing moves for Girona but that's good I think for La Liga because people are always used to hearing Barcelona, Real Madrid Barcelona, Real Madrid and it's good to have teams like Girona and Atletico Madrid at number three you know interfering uh, being the disruptors of the big boys particularly with Diogo Simeone I think a lot of people don't like his football style and his behavior but I think he's built a culture in the last I think 10 years now he's been there of a hard working aggressive dogfight team, you wouldn't want to face them in a Champions League uh, group stage or knockout round because, you know, they might pull out a surprise. Any thoughts on uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona struggles at the moment? 
I know Tina's is still <laughs> breathing after ranting and driving. <laughs> still processing the Chelsea quagmire there. He's still I'm, I'm, I still have points. <laughs> you, still, you still want to take us back to Chelsea? We'll do that next no, time. No, 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 no. no I, still, I, you know, I will say, do that next time. Uh, look, as I said, the La Liga season is interesting. Same again in the Bundesliga. Uh, the Bundesliga, you've got Bayer Leverkusen, which are top. And Bayern Munich lost 5-1 on the, over the weekend. And they're coming to Old Trafford tonight, and they'll be a wounded animal. So <laughs> I don't feel confident watching that game this morning or tomorrow morning, <laughs> our time here. So, yeah, a lot of things happening in football. I think, you know, coming to Barcelona, like you see the last game that they had with Girona, the mistake, I think it, it lies down with, with the manager because he was playing more of a defensive while least Girona was uh, on fire. Yeah, Girona was the yeah, aggressive, was the aggressor. Because, uh, you know, he, like he, they were playing that uh, form 4-3-3, mm. which is more strong in the defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Girona took advantage of that. Yeah, yep. Very, very true points. Because I think with Girona's style of play, they rotate some of their midfielders and the way they line up, they line up in a 3-4-2-1, having three defenders and four midfielders and three attackers, basically a 3-4-3, so which allows a lot of fluidity at the top and overloads the midfield, which affected Barcelona. Something similar to what Pep is doing with Man City or what made Man City win last season where they were playing that 3-4-3 and overloading the midfield. So it's an interesting, interesting season in La Liga. So let's keep our eyes on the La Liga season. So that's it for our usual sports section. In the NBA, uh, the Lakers won the NBA in-season tournament, which is like their NBA's FA Cup, LeBron James winning the MVP. So I think that's what the NBA wanted, their poster boy, their face of the league, winning the trophy, the first in-season tournament, and being the face and being uh, the MVP, sorry, of that tournament. And I think the Lakers were undefeated all the way. I think they were only motivated for that. And listening to LeBron, he wanted to win it for his teammates, uh, which is a good thing because I think each player was getting 500,000. I, do, I don't think 500,000 would do a lot to change LeBron's life, but some of the players who are on lesser contracts can make a huge difference to them. So that shows. So the, which tournament was this? NBA in season tournament. NBA. Well, 500K. Yeah, for each player if they won. Yeah, not bad, bro. Jump into that Lamborghini Urus, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So <laughs> some of the, the guys on, you know, you know, not long-term contracts or, you know, some of those game-to-game contracts. That makes a big difference to them. So I think that was good for LeBron, good for the league. I think in the next few years, that can be used as one of the greatest of all times in the NBA argument that uh, Michael Jordan never won an NBA in-season tournament. You know how history is rewritten? <laughs> 10, 15, oh, 15 yeah. years down Come the line. Come on, mate. Did they have it back then? No, they didn't. No, <laughs> but some people who add it to say, "Oh, LeBron was the first NBA in-season tournament winner." You know how the 
the great the goat argument can just evolve into different things you know some people use the jordan the air jordan as an iconic sneaker to show why michael jordan is the greatest because lebron's sneaker has failed but again that's what people <laughs> are always trying to nitpick to, <laughs> to win their argument for that uh, who's the greatest in the nba i believe you you can't talk about the NBA without talking about people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like Magic Johnson. But I think Michael Jordan was fortunate. It was in the transition where news was moving faster in the early 90s, the inception of cable TV. And he was fortunate enough to have that publicity just when information and technology is changing. So, And they could write the history that he wanted. But okay. again, I, I would also come in and say it's also fortunate that LeBron got into an element time where the element of sports science was also coming into play, where you know people are now being uh, asked to score more, have more rebounds, score more twos, score more threes, score more this. Of course, I would say the best person who obviously benefited from sports science was someone like Steph Curry, who would just do the threes. He perfected the three-point game. Uh, less contact, more points for the team, you know. But obviously, people like LeBron, when you, when, you, when you then look at how he plays and how Michael Jordan played, they, there's obviously a more drive for the points for a person like LeBron than Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan had the flair. He played for the love of the game, whereas LeBron is is a pure athlete. He's playing that competitive game and getting that that that, that you know those those needed points. So I feel like you can never really compare those two people. Though obviously, I would if ever I'm asked. <laughs> not that you're asking Jordan. me. You say Jordan. If ever I'm asked, Jordan is obviously the greatest because people like LeBron played basketball because of Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's the god. Yeah. yeah look, he's, I think look, I think for us our generation is the god. It's what it's <laughs> it's what we understood. That's the bias we've got. Yeah. Uh, the younger generation now when they're 12, 13, you know, our sons were now getting into teenage, they know LeBron James. So to them LeBron will be their goat. Yeah, but they were in Michael Jordan's bro. Yeah, but they still want to get yeah. a Jordan. Uh, even, yeah, just tell them that. Just just make sure you remind them that they're wearing talking, Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, my son is talking about LeBron James, but he's saying I want Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, but no, the goat argument will always rage on. We can spend the whole day talking about mm -hmm. Michael Jordan 6-0 in the NBA Finals, LeBron going to straight NBA Finals and winning only four. And he's losing six. So, but anyway, but he's the leading in points. And I don't think anyone will overtake that record. It might take 50 years for someone else to break that record at the pace he's going. Mm -hmm. And then in year 21, he's still arguably the best player. Michael Jordan didn't get to year 21. He took a break in between. So there's a lot of factors. If you really want to go and nitpick, I'm a Jordan. I'll say Jordan is the GOAT. But when you want to start to nitpick, you can see that LeBron has got an opportunity to overtake him if he can win another championship in the next two years. Because that means we'd have won his fifth championship in his 23rd year, leading scorer, leading in points. Captain P. 
here's the thing. If if you if you do something, rich accolades, simply because you're good at what you're doing. This is somebody who's gonna reach accolades because they're chasing after you. There's a difference. The reason is he wants to be the best because he recognizes who is better than him. The only reason why he's chasing after those accolades are simply because he has somebody to beat. Exactly. And and that 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 alone settles everything. You can only be the best if you beat the best. But so before he beats the best, he needs to acknowledge that there's somebody who is the best. Okay. We'll, we'll continue this discussion another day. We'll, <laughs> it's, it's another one. Look, as I said, I'm finish and clear. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Jordan fanatics, they'll tell you that. They'll tell you finish and class. So. <laughs> no, we'll continue in that discussion. I think it's another one we need to discuss. As we, as we head off to our main topic of the evening, some sad news coming out of South Africa at the time of recording is the passing of South African musician Sahara, well known for her album, Loliwe, and one of her popular songs with DJ Sibu Lengoma. I think she was a very talented musician, and I think there's a few issues which happened in the last few years, you know, allegations of how she was mishandled by her management, high level of alcoholism. But again, it's pretty sad. Young talent at 35, lose her life before the end of the year. Wish the family condolences. I don't know if you gentlemen enjoyed some of her music. Yeah, if, you know, over the years, if it's, not, yeah, if it's just not your genre. Yeah, I, I, not my, you know, cup of tea, but uh, she was really good. You know, even if I don't really like the music, I appreciate talent. She was excellent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tina's any thoughts? Oh, oh, we definitely jammed to her some of her music. I think at some point back when she came to Zim, we actually did go for a concert. I, th I thought she was a brilliant artist. Obviously shocked by the lack of, uh, you know, following through on what she had started. But like people want to say there were issues there, perhaps how she was managed, perhaps how everything else was managed. But again, we just go by what, what Instagram, uh, sorry, social media is saying. And it just seems like there were problems in the camp from day one. And yeah, it's, it's quite sad. But yeah. yeah, life goes on, yeah. Life goes on. So condolences to the family. Once we have more information, we can talk about that in our next episode about the cause of death. Again, it's something which has happened in the last few hours before our recording of this podcast. Again, condolences to the family. She was a good talent at the young age of 35. All right. So moving on. So Alex Jones, the conspiracy man, is returned on Twitter. Does this mean he'll be returned on YouTube and other social media platforms which banned him? Or it's just Elon Musk pulling the middle finger to the establishment? <laughs> Yeah. I think uh, this one is purely Elon Musk. Yeah, I think it's purely yeah. just pulling the middle finger to everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
Speaking about Elon Musk, did you see the interview about Disney? I, I'm sorry to sidetrack here a little. Oh, the advertiser saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so maybe we can maybe we can talk about it a little <laughs> after Alex Jones. I saw that one. Yeah. 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 I think Alex Jones. Look, I think yeah, people call him a conspiracy theorist or a madman. But some of the things which he's pointed out, people agree with it. And I don't think banning someone. I know some of the statements which he made about the Sandy Hook were very unfortunate, and I think he regrets them. I think he said that publicly. But I think banning him completely, deplatforming is basically like dehumanizing him to say that you're not enough to be a human because we don't agree with what you're saying. Fight the argument. I think that's what we, I always lean on the other side of politics, which is to the right side of politics because it's, you are allowed to say whatever you are, whatever you think, you have to have the element of fighting the argument intellectually. But I think the other side of politics is let's shut you down. We don't want to listen to you. You should be deplatformed, you know. But I think, you know, what Elon Musk is doing in the lead up to this <laughs> 2024 election, one of the critical elections of our generation, having the biggest platform, I don't think there'll be a platform which can come up in the next, you know, six months to take over Twitter. So all these big companies will need to tweet their information and tweet their you know, policies. So I think he's controlling the narrative at the moment, but I don't think that will last long because I think Apple, if things continue this way, Apple might say we're deplatforming Twitter. That's my feeling. Like what they did to those other Gab and other, other platforms. Wow, interesting. There was a there was another platform that was deplatformed from uh, Apple during the twenty twenty elections. Uh, I think that, that was that? Gap, was yeah. Parla or something like that. No, Parla, Parla, exactly, Parla, yeah. Gap. Was, no, Parla, Parla oh, was yeah, deplatformed yeah. there. So, oh. as I said, I think that's the next straw because I don't think they can really remote control him. That's why he's got the guts to sit in a public forum and tell big advertisers disney cnn you know go you know go go fuck yourself you know what i mean which is which is confidence he's confident in himself confident in what he can do i feel he had to do it because if he didn't do it <clears throat> it would have meant that he's playing ball but at, at that on that table of of the big wigs it's it's, it's either you know, you stand your ground or people will, will, will take advantage of your situation. So the fact that Disney had openly said they, you know, they're going to pull out and they clearly, they by them saying that, they wanted other people to move with them. So he had to come out, right, and just dispel everything and say, listen, it's okay if you go. And F you, if you think we care. And that alone has now, in natural fact, worked against Disney because a lot of people, I was listening to a, to, to a podcast, I was speaking about how Disney, because of the way they've decided to put certain characters, you know, that were traditional characters, now they're seem, seemingly portraying certain things that are now being pushed by main, by the main, you know. By the walk agenda. Exactly, gender, about gender and all these things. There are a lot of parents who are walking away from, from, from Disney. And then the, the 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 podcast was actually speaking about how they don't realize that parents are the ones who control 
when kids go to Disney or how the money is spent in Disney. So instead of them only trying to reach the children, they actually need the buy-in of the parents. So there, there's a lot of um, actually like a sort of uh, apathy toward Disney that has been happening apparently. And Disney, I think Apple is actually trying to buy off some, I don't know if they're trying to buy off shares because apparently Disney is now breaking apart the company, trying to sell off this, sell off this in a bit to try and remain with control, but at the same time trying to get in money to, to, to sustain them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that they're having to face that. So it works in Elon Musk's favor now that he said, a few, the small people that are going to, you know, sort of just leave Disney and they have to be very careful how they do it. Yeah, I think there's the, this woke agenda of, you know, shoving particular agendas or agendas, I mean, uh, or issues down people's throats. You know, people accept people as they are. I don't think shoving it. I think even we recently saw it, some of these Premier League fixtures, you know, captains' armbands had to be in particular colors yeah. or a particular group. I think it's, it's really, really, you know, just ticking down people's crawl. And yeah, let's just be honest about it. It's just an agenda which is just ir- a bit irritating now. People know that there are people out there. We've moved on. Let us be. We just want to enjoy a movie. We want to enjoy a TV show. I think we raised that, that, that either one of the black actors is gay or is particular, you know, there must be a gay person, a black person, and what this, or what that, you know. There are some shows which we just enjoy, even though they were predominantly white characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just let them be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems, it seems like a, every, every turn... There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a need to, to reinforce a certain narrative. Yeah. And, and the unfortunate thing is nobody ever, you know, for that narrative of heterosexual or just, it's, 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 it's quite interesting that nobody has ever done that, but then they feel the need that they need to, 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 to pump in billions of dollars into a campaign that would make people sway. That's quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. Starting, look, we, we, everyone believes in equality, equality of all, but I don't think, you know, shoving it down people's minds or down people's throat, it will actually create a resentment towards a said group, said race, said nationality. And then it's actually defeating the purpose of what you want to achieve. Make people aware that there's, you know, injustice against xyz there's issues against xyz and let people make that conscious decision based on what their intellect is saying i don't know joe i think you want to add something mm-hmm. uh no i just wanted to come back to the issue that it boils down to the nucleus family being destroyed and with all these agendas pushed in it it means that uh, the family union becomes weak and they can easily control. So to some extent, it's working in the favor of the, of the underworld that's, you know, or deep state, what I call it, that's controlling the whole, you know, notion no, of things. Mm-hmm. So coming, yeah, coming back to uh, Alex Jones, he's been saying a lot around, you know, uh, that notion 
of uh, there being some uh, superhumans controlling somewhere somehow and everything that you see is propaganda in the well, news on the tv there is a certain you know narrative that narrative. they're trying to push towards you know achieving yeah well, was, you know the funny thing is most of these so-called conspiracy theories have always come true at some point or at a larger percentage have always come true so it's i don't know it's it's a give or take it's is it really a conspiracy theories or is it really just saying things that other people don't want or are not prepared to be listening to or they're not prepared to understand yeah uh, i think uh, yeah because it's not mainstream Mm. Yeah, because it's not mainstream, it's conspiracy until it's proven correct. Like there's this other guy, David Icke. You remember when he was talking about uh, the COVID, yeah. that uh, they're going to lock down people. And people were saying he's a conspiracy theorist. And then it happened. Yeah. Like he predicted. Exactly. And even just more people were saying more and more Longer. vaccinations are coming. And people didn't listen. Yes. And yeah, yes. it happened. Yeah, because I think when the COVID Captain. came out, he did highlight to say you're going to need a, a certain pass for you to travel. It was mentioned. Uh, he mentioned yes. it because I think, you know, with as I said, um, yes. I think there's an African saying that a mad person can tell you uh, 10 times that a war is coming, but the one time you don't want to listen, that's the truth. <laughs> that's yeah. the time with the yeah. truth. So. <laughs> that's when the war comes that's when the war comes so i think david ike you know said a lot of things about lizard creatures or lizard men and all that stuff people always thought he was crazy but when he was talking about covid he spoke about it and said you're not going to be allowed to talk about another narrative on the news if you talk about it you're going to get cancelled he spoke about the vaccine that you're going to have to have a vaccine which is going to be quickly made without any proper testing that happened. You're going to have need to get a pass if you need to travel from one point to another or leave your house. That happened. All happened within a space of nine months. Yeah. So, so it always makes you question what is truth and what is not. But definitely what has happened in the last two, three years will should somehow sway you into starting to want to listen it's to what other people are saying. The, other, it's you listen to other people, what they're saying, and then yeah. you wait and say, right, he said it at that time. Now we can reference to say, David Icke said it at that time. Yeah. He was deplatformed. He was another yeah. one who was deplatformed. <laughs> Alex Jones was saying that, but he had a, his own InfoWars platform. So just need to be mindful of that, that it's need to be open. Do you remember... Um, there used to be this guy, I'm forgetting his name. He, had, he used to have this show, this about conspiracy theories. This guy, we, you always used to have a ponytail, this big guy. What is his name? I'm forgetting his show. But uh, this guy also said a few things that actually did eventually happen. He did bring out a few things. Are you, are you talking about Russell Brand? I'm forgetting his name, but I think he's the guy. He always used to have a leather jacket and... Uh, yeah. And a, and a ponytail. Yeah, and, yeah uh, he, he does. He does. He does wear the leather jacket and he, ponytail. He, yeah. So, so I think I think these conspiracy theories have always been coming in, but we were just not prepared because he did speak about things that are now happening or that have been coming out to light. 
the one thing that I re- re- really remember was this idea of uh, with modification, where they use um, the, the, the apparently they do have a station somewhere, I think in Alaska or somewhere, mm-hmm. that eats up the ionosphere. And then in doing that, they can manage to, depending on where they heat it up or how they heat it up, they can manage to control what sort of weather happens in a certain area. So I think we have been seeing a lot of crazy weather happening in different countries, whether it's floods that cannot be explained, or whether it's ice in South Africa that they'd never seen. And, and you know, just yeah. just crazy amounts of weather that's happening. And, and, and you just begin to wonder, wow, was that really true? Yeah. You know? Mm. It's quite interesting. Quite interesting. Yeah. So as I said, this is what's been happening in the world of news and current affairs. But as we wrap up, we just want to quickly, briefly talk about this topic a few minutes. The issue of uh, mental health, particularly male mental health and male suicide. We've seen some of the stats across uh, Australia that, you know, particularly in, Aust- in Australia, about 2,500 men in 2019 took their lives. And there was a bit of a jump in 22, 23, about 10% of increase of male suicide. This is from the Australian Men's Health Forum. And I think looking at other stats is in terms of percentage between males and females, it's much more a higher number of males attempting suicide and actually fulfilling that. And I think it's either lack of us men opening up to each other, having an outlet to talk. What are your thoughts about that, gentlemen? I think it's mainly the culture uh, around us men not opening up like to anyone, not uh, among us, our friends, but to everyone. You find that if you've got things that are eating you alive, you tend to keep them in you, inside you, and they keep, you know, it's like boiling a frog <laughs> with a slow heat. And then when it becomes overwhelming, that's when people don't know what to do and they end up committing, you know, suicide. And uh, the system has got limited uh, support structures for men. Like, for example, here in Western Australia, if you move around, you see fewer men's sheds compared to women's shelter. Yeah, I I rarely, I rarely saw a men's shelter. Yeah, I think it's generally a combination of things where there's been a, an advancement in support for a certain species or certain gender, and then there's no support at all for the next. So what you find is there's a lot of different forms of support for for the the, the first gender. And then when you look at the next, there's nothing. So basically the same thing could happen to a man that happens to a woman. But the woman is the first to receive help, is the first to to get that, that sort of support that they need, and is even pushed further to even things like opportunity at work, opportunity everywhere. You find some companies now in any sort of position that's available in the company, they will first of all consider how many women have applied versus how many men, even though the men are qualified to take that job. 
there's going to be consideration about how many women have applied and can we give them that only to satisfy those who intend on having that sort of balance in 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 in, in the workplace or in the lifestyle that we live but it's just quite sad if at all there's an agenda that needs to be pushed and if it, it all comes in the name of equality then the only thing they need to be doing is showing equality because there's no way you can speak about equality and that you are taking down one side and bringing up the next yeah i think as you both have alluded i think it's <laughs> the lack of our own men's shed i think you know women or if you're in a relationship or in a marriage you know you can tell your missus or partner 10 times that i don't want you to talk about our personal problems but somehow some way they will find one of their outlets to share what's happening in the <laughs> in the home and uh, you as, in, as a man <laughs> you as a man you really can't really do that you yeah. can't really go to your boys and say brother this is what's happening to me have you faced this in your place and i think particularly from a cultural perspective of an african culture i think you are it's taboo to pretty go to another male and say in my house this i'm facing this my guy <laughs> my house i'm facing this karate yeah. when i walk in the door i'm given a kick on yeah. the chin and <laughs> i think but it, it's it's quite sad though though when you when you put it that way because you know i don't know what it is because most of the times you'll find that it's the guys who then turn against their own it's almost like they turn against their own and eat the bop like you know we, we, if i'm to come to you and say ah listen my guy i think i caught my wife doing this instead of you saying ah you know what let's let's find out or let's do this or support me you you are going to say ah no 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 don't worry I, I think it's i think it's nothing it's nothing it's nothing don't worry about it but probably you already know that something is happening here, but you just won't tell me. So, you know, it's, it's things like this that that all will always come back to bite us. Because you know, but you just won't say it simply because I don't know whether you want to support the women or you want to be, you know, said to be the cool guy. I don't know what it is, but yeah, we, 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 we fail each other. And, you know, it always comes to bite. Unfortunately, it always comes to bite you back because what you do to others will always back to you yeah it, it's a mixture of a lot of things you know some statistics are here you know despite the rest you know cultural creed it's saying that one in every three domestic violence is actually perpetrated against a man oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so you yeah, find yeah. that about 33 percent of men of the reported dvs are men but underneath that iceberg you find that almost uh, 60% of men they don't report domestic violence so there is unreported out of that 33% there is more that are not reported at all because if you go to your workmates your trade workmates and say oh guys my wife is giving me a boot they'll be laughing at you yeah so and, the uh... next thing is you're not going to tell anybody yeah and unfortunately you know what that always ends up to ends up to domestic violence against the initial perpetrator and then only then yeah. will it be an issue unfortunately 
And when that issue yes. happens, that's when you, yes. you've got kids, you lose access to the kids. You've, uh, you don't living in, you're not living in the house anymore. And then what do you end up doing? You just say, look, my life is messed up. Yeah. Let me just. You end up going to the booze. You end up, some weaker men will end up going to drugs. Yeah. And that's it. You fall down a rabbit hole and you, you can't get out of it. Can't get out of it. So yeah. I think it's something which we'll continue to discuss. We wanted to bring it as our initial starting point. There's more discussions to this about uh, men's mental health. And obviously, we, we also respect our, our lovely women and their mental health struggles. But we know women have got a, a bigger support system all around them through <laughs> friends, <laughs> cousins, aunts. And, you know, they can share. They really open up and share. Uh, but I think it's to encourage men to find a space where you can feel comfortable just unloading. I think unloading takes a lot of pressure from the head and then you're a better person. Yeah. yeah. Just on the side note, there was this skit, I don't remember, uh, but it was more of an African skit where two people went into the police station to report domestic violence. So that was the husband and wife going into the police station. We want to report domestic violence. And the police straight away took the man and put him in uh, cuffs to say, okay, hey, what did he do? <laughs> and then on the flip side, they said, no, 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 no. The one, He's the one who bit, uh, <laughs> lost you there. <laughs> lost you. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah i think you know joe and he's been traveling so he's been uh on, on a remote area so i think we've lost him with the network but that was an interesting discussion something which will continue on in the next few episodes about men's health mental health in general about protecting one's mental health whether male female parents grandparents husbands wife children i think it's something which we will need to delve in as we yeah. end 2023 and start 2024. 2024 may be a very, very challenging year, particularly what's going to be happening in the West and what's currently happening in the East. In the West, we've got a very volatile election, which is coming up in the United States, particularly with uh, Trump and all these charges. If they arrest him, we don't know what will happen with his uh, MAGA supporters who are a bit radical at times. So, but I, I just to interject there, I, I think if they arrest Trump, then they are really going for that African politics menu. Yeah, and it, it will be quite interesting to note quite. that the West is now going African. It will yeah. be quite interesting. It will be it will be a point of discussion. So I think yeah. let's see how we go. So I think twenty twenty four is a year where mental health and one's mental health is very paramount in twenty twenty four. So thank you. We've lost Joy the last one. You were sharing a, a very funny story. We'll bring him back here in our next episode of Amagens. Tinas, thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and let's keep in touch. Awesome, Janice. Thank you very much. Thank you.